Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just What we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Leslie McClurg in San Francisco. The district attorney in El Dorado County announced the arrest of a father and son for allegedly starting the Caldor fire. Cap Radio's Scott Rod reports. 66-year-old David Scott Smith and 32-year-old Travis Shane Smith are accused of reckless arson. The DA announced the arrests on Facebook, but did not provide additional details on how the two men may have started the fire. Mark Elmer lives in Grizzly Flats, a town nearly wiped off the map by the blaze. The people of Grizzly Flats, I think they will have some peace of mind knowing that the cause and origin was determined. But I think people have already started to try and move on within the process. Elmer's home is still standing, though most of his neighborhood was reduced to ash. The Caldor Fire burned over 22,000 acres and destroyed over 1,000 structures. It was contained in October. For the California Report, I'm Scott Rod in Sacramento. California's Future of Abortion Council is issuing 45 recommendations on how the state can make accessing an abortion easier. KQED's Katie Orr has more on a new report out yesterday. The council is making its recommendations as the U.S. Supreme Court considers the fate of Roe v. Wade. They include increasing investments in abortion funds that help people obtain care and training opportunities for providers, as well as stronger protections for patients and providers in case other states seek to punish people traveling here for abortions and those who help them. Jody Hicks heads up Planned Parenthood affiliates of California. If we're imagining a scenario where 26 states are going to craft abortion bans in very different ways, that it was important that our providers had legal protections in place. Hicks says the council will work with state leaders to implement recommendations. For the California Report, I'm Katie Orr in Sacramento. Next week, the Senate Foreign Relations Committee will consider Los Angeles Mayor Eric Garcetti's nomination to be ambassador to India. President Biden nominated Garcetti for the post back in July, but committee hearings are creeping along pretty slowly. The committee is also looking into a lawsuit and sexual harassment allegations against a former advisor to Garcetti. That's according to reporting from the Los Angeles Times. Garcetti's term is scheduled to end next December. If he's confirmed by the Senate, the city council would be able to name an acting mayor to 
to fill the position. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. I remember when the pandemic first hit, I thought we might finally see a cooling to California's housing market. I was very, very wrong. Housing prices have skyrocketed. Bidding wars continue to break records. I'm joined now by Oscar Way. He's the deputy chief economist for the California Association of Realtors. Welcome, Oscar. Good morning, Leslie. Thank you for having me. So I imagine things have slowed down a bit for the holidays, but are we seeing a really hot market still? Well, you know, you're right. You know, this is the holiday season. Typically, this is not the time when we have, you know, a lot of people buying and selling homes. And we are indeed seeing a little bit of a slowdown. But of course, it really depends on what standard you're comparing to. You know, if you're comparing to uh, last year, 2020, there was basically no holiday season last year in 2020. So when compared to last year, it's actually cooled down, you know, quite a bit. But even compared to, you know, early part of this year, you know, during the summer when we had the buying season, you know, things have calmed down a little bit. But compared to the pre-pandemic level, you know, we are still very, very hot. And nationwide, home prices have risen, I think I've seen nearly 25 percent since COVID hit in March of 2020. How much have prices gone up here in California? <laughs> well, we have seen at one point prices, uh, the statewide median price went up by 30 percent. Yeah, since come down. I, I know 30 percent is really ridiculous. Who can afford, you know, a 30 percent increase, you know, on a year over year basis. Right. But things have calmed down a little bit. We are still, when I say calm down, we're still seeing double-digit growth, year-over-year growth, though. Uh, We're looking at around 12-13% increase even last month for the month of October, and uh, we'll be releasing our November number. Looks like it's going to be somewhere around 10% or so. And where are the state's hot, hot, hot spots? There are a lot of places that have, you know, significant increase in sales. For example, some of the vacation home areas. You know, we have seen some areas that have seen uh, since uh, the pandemic have seen, uh, have increased uh, double-digit increase in sales. And hopefully in the next couple months or so, we will be seeing some slowdown. But even with the slowdown, we're looking at, you know, 8, 9, 10% increase in price. Can you just throw out a few communities that are seeing double-digit increases? That's crazy. I know, I know. Um, now, um, some of the areas and uh, vacation areas that I mentioned earlier, let's say the um, in, in the Southern California, Big Bear, even in Lake Tahoe or South Tahoe, um, it was actually growing by double digit. But of course, um, in the uh, resort community and the last 
uh, I would say, you know, in, in uh, September or August or so, because of the wildfires, things actually come down a little bit. But, you know, in general, we are seeing some of those vacation area, seeing some um, significant increase in price. Um, you know, even in you know, places like Napa and Sonoma, we're seeing some increase uh, in price as well. Do you foresee the market to continue to just spike or will we see some kind of a normalizing? Well, I think we definitely will see some normalizing. Uh, we actually have been seeing some um, normalizing in the last you know, few months or so. But of course, uh, that means we most likely going to continue to see some tight supply situation and that is going to continue on. And when you have tight supply situation, most likely you are going to see some increase in price. But I can tell you that we're, we don't expect a double digit increase in price, uh, meaning 15, 16% increase in price. We're not going to see that. Most likely in 2022, we're going to see a five or 6% increase in price uh, in California. May it be so. Thank you so much, Oscar. Thank you, Leslie, for having me. History will be made in the city of Palm Springs later this evening because a new mayor is on tap. The California Report's Keith Mizuguchi has the details. When Lisa Middleton is sworn in, she will be the first transgender person to serve as mayor in California and only the second in the country. It's a milestone both for my city and uh, my community. Middleton was elected to the Palm Springs City Council in 2017 and was recently appointed to California's Transgender Advisory Council. She says when she first came out as transgender in 1995, she never imagined she would be able to hold a position like mayor. I am just thrilled to see individuals have opportunities that, gracious, uh, just a decade or so ago, I would have thought impossible. Middleton says her main priority during her one-year term will be addressing the city's homeless problems, specifically with a focus on mental health services. For The California Report, I'm Keith Mizuguchi. The state is launching a new plan that will give underserved communities better access to parks. More than $500 million in grants will be provided to community projects as part of the Outdoors for All initiative. Many Californians live in park-poor communities. We estimate about 6 out of 10 Californians live in park-poor communities, and that is those communities that don't have enough parks and open space and recreational opportunities for their kids. That's Wade Crowfoot. He's California Natural Resources Secretary. He says the funding will be used to build 50 brand-new parks and then expand or renovate dozens of other parks in disadvantaged communities. Some vape companies are promising their products help you focus, sleep, relax. But the Food and Drug Administration is warning consumers that those claims are not true. And filling vaporizers with vitamins and essential oils could actually be pretty dangerous. I'm joined now by Pamela Ling. She's the director of the UCSF Center for Tobacco Control Research and Education. Good morning, Dr. Ling. Good morning. I was looking at some of these websites, and they are very impressive websites, by the way. Looks very legitimate, and they make some really powerful claims like promising to fight off tumors and alleviate symptoms of chemotherapy. Is there any chance any of these promises are true? I think the reason why the FDA is sending these warning letters to these companies is that there is no evidence that these claims are true. You're right that these websites can look very slick, And especially these days with graphics capabilities, things can look really legit, but those claims are not proven. Do we even know if these nutritional supplements, additives, etc. are in the products? Is anyone checking? 
Uh, as far as I know, we don't know for sure what the products contain. One issue is whether or not the products actually contain the vitamins that they claim. And then the second issue is whether or not even a product that contains those vitamins can deliver on the health claims. And couldn't it be potentially dangerous to, say, inhale neroli oil or ginseng or vitamin B12? Sure. What we know is that there's a big difference between uh, inhaling something and uh, taking it in a pill or in a salve. What we do know from studies of uh, nicotine vaping is that the vapor itself produced by these devices have high levels of uh, fine particulates and they have uh, solvents. And the effects of inhaling these chemicals can be very similar to inhaling cigarette smoke. Is there an example of some kind of injury coming out of inhaling one of these products? Well, you might remember that in the past year or so, there were several cases of serious lung injury associated with vaping. And it was called Evali, which was a lung vaping disease. And it turns out that most of those cases were caused by people inhaling vitamin E acetate. This is an example of inhaling something that contained vitamin E that was not uh, tested and turned out to cause really serious lung injury. What's your message to consumers or to people who do vape? So my message to consumers would be uh, beware. The fact that the FDA is warning consumers about these products should really give you pause. Don't inhale anything into your lungs other than clean, fresh air. And uh, particularly inhaling things like vitamins, even though, you know, it can sound really attractive to have your cognitive function enhanced or your energy boosted or to treat anxiety and depression. We really don't have any evidence that these inhaled vitamins do any of those claims, and they can potentially be really harmful to your health. Thank you so much, Dr. Ling. No problem. Thanks for the opportunity to chat. Pamela Ling is the director of the UCSF Center for Tobacco Control Research and Education. And that's the California Report for Thursday, December 9th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Leslie McClurg in San Francisco. Thanks for listening. Support for the California Report comes from Water Heaters Only. Specializing in the repair and replacement of water heaters since 1968. Licensed and insured. Open 24 hours a day, every day. Learn more at waterheatersonly.com. Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Futures, focused on finding exceptional people and helping them do more for others together. On the web at schmidtfutures.com. And Stanford Medicine, protecting your health and providing dependable care with safe in-person appointments and video visits. StanfordHealthCare.org slash AdaptingCare. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.